This is Health in the Details podcast. This podcast is for real people, real women, and mothers who want to walk the streets of holistic health and healing. Discovering holistic health details that are doable and maybe hide in the back alleys of the streets, but can uplift, provide insight, and change your life. A place for you to expand and truly understand. This podcast is about upleveling your health so you can live your best self and make an impact how you want in your life and others. I'm your host, Stephanie Spurgeon. Buildings and like basically just like people, buildings can be healthy or not healthy yeah. and they, they can be detoxed or they can be lots hiding and underneath the surface kind of the guts Mm -hmm. of the house can be really from any perspective so we know that like for example sperm count has been declining for the Mm -hmm. last like 60 years yeah now they have the research to show that a lot of that comes from our choices where we're doing things with vinyl and mm. anything that's luxury vinyl tile, yeah, vinyl, 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 shower curtains, everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of times it has things that are detrimental to our hormonal systems mm-hmm. and to reproductive health. And they off-gas. This episode is going to blow your mind. Whitney Page is a green building consultant works in construction, um, has so many layers and levels of her knowledge base and practical experience in the field of carpentry, construction, and now on the other side of green building and construction. And her insights as a mother, as a consultant, as a builder on concepts of really a healthy home and her ideals and values that she brings to the table in this episode on non-toxic building supplies to renovate, remodel, or just build a house is incredibly insightful and is going to make you really dive in and look at what's in your home, what you choose, the choices you make, and how it affects your health. Hey, I'm like so excited today because we have Whitney on the show, Whitney Page, and she has been through it all basically. I mean, she's been in construction, she knows so much about the green building industry. And today, we're really deeply going to talk about renovating, repairing, um, remodeling, and revolting. She has her own podcast, Um, it's really great stuff. We're going to talk about all the innovative strategies and what you can do today to like move forward living in a non-toxic home. So why don't you start us off with like, what was the moment that you were like, wow, my surroundings are making me sick or they're making me unhealthy. And mm. you kind of got this. Yeah. Well, we're in my shop, I should say. So if you hear any background noise, it's because we're in my shop in downtown East Sound on Orcas Island. <laughs> yeah. And um, behind me, you can see our lime, lime washed walls, which is really exciting and our cotton blinds, which we'll talk all about. But uh, my moment was, well, there was many moments, but basically we bought a house about five years ago here on the island and I knew that it was going to be a remodel 
but I had no clue. I was super naive when I bought my house. It was my, it's my first house. And I had grown up doing construction and I thought I knew a lot about homes and construction and renovation, but I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't know about materials and material science and building health and building science, which is actually pretty separate from the world of just construction or general contracting. So that's what I kind of call myself, I guess, as a material specialist or a material health specialist. And that just means that I am somebody that has taken the time and done the research and relied on people that are smarter than me to teach me about what goes into our buildings mm -hmm. and then what's already in our buildings. And like, basically just like people, buildings can be healthy or not healthy yeah. and they, they can be detoxed or they can be lots hiding and underneath the surface, kind of the mm -hmm. guts of the house can be really unhealthy. So the moment, I guess I didn't really answer the question, but when I bought my house, I was super naive. And so I have over the past five years undergone a big transformation. The house has undergone a transformation that's still in process um, and just taking it one step at a time and educating myself as I was renovating my own home and then educating myself yeah. because I became a carpenter's assistant mm -hmm. a few years back. And I did that because I wanted to know more about building and I wanted to know how to fix my own home. But I also was spending my days at that job painting with toxic paints, caulking, sealing, cutting into treated wood, cutting into plywood with, with glues in it. And mm -hmm. I was starting to notice that I wasn't feeling well. And at the same time, I was still nursing my first yeah. son. And so there was a big connection between like environmental health and then what I was not only putting into my body, but what I was bringing home at the end of the day, mm -hmm. because, you know, for all those mamas out there that have nursed or are nursing, like I would imagine going and doing demolition or something being yeah. covered in all of that stuff. And you're like telling your baby when you pick them up from school, like, sorry, I haven't had a shower yet. Sorry. I know you want to yeah. nurse. I know you want to get in there, <laughs> but I don't yeah. want you touching me. Yeah. And so that kind of made me question, like, why and do our buildings have to be so toxic? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's like, you brought up many good points. I mean, I think that's great. Um, Whitney's podcast, she has an episode where she mentions the lime paint, and we're going to definitely talk about those choices for sure. But um, I mean, it's great when you notice that you want to wear a hazmat suit when you come home from work or, but I mean, you brought a really good point of a connection from the beginning to the end there Whitney like the workers experiencing this health hazard to taking it home through your front door so also bring it into your home your personal home and then maybe your personal home is also been constructed in a very toxic manner yeah and I mean we're not trying to overwhelm people and we're not trying to scare you but I have been there too like I got really environmentally sick in an apartment that I rented in college because it was like what is going on mm -hmm. and you start questioning mm -hmm. because how long you know you're at work eight hours a day mm -hmm. 
your ad your home mm -hmm. how I mean how we spend so much time at home our kids spend so much time at home and I remember you talking about mattresses and doing your bedroom detoxes mm -hmm. and at that point I was like it's funny because we do know that we should be sleeping on non-toxic materials at this point, which mm -hmm. most of us aren't yet, yeah, yeah. but we know that we should be. And I think that's the difference. And I think that's why I think that you have to tell people and you have to understand that like organic food is the, the thing that I always think is kind of a gateway for people. Mm -hmm. Like it's now widespread enough that we can talk about it without yeah. eye rolls and we can mm -hmm. talk to our in-laws about it and they like get what we're talking yeah. about. And maybe they even understand the why of it mm -hmm. from a more holistic approach. Like, and that's how you have to think of your environment. You have to think of the built environment in the same attention to detail because what we don't think about, I think, is that our skin is permeable. Mm -hmm. And so everything that we come into contact with our skin is we're absorbing it. And then everything that we're breathing through our respiratory yeah. system, we are absorbing it. Like immediately. Yep. Right. And so in the same way that when we're vacuuming, we're stirring up all of that like dead skin cell mm -hmm you know, just the way that we create dust yeah. in our environment as humans in an mm -hmm. environment, the building is also doing that. Mm -hmm. And so people don't, they think, well, I put this sealant on there, or I put this, this yeah. paint on there or this, blah, 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 and they think it's a forever solution. It's not. Those things break down just like our skin sheds. Yeah. And so your building actually has a life of its own. And as a homeowner, most people know that they have to do building maintenance because of that, right? Mm -hmm. Like things start to crack or shift or absolutely mold. Mold is the hugest yeah. one up here. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that happened to me when I lived in Seattle. I was in a cabin that was, um, it had a leak behind the toilet that we didn't know about. Right. And our loft bedroom was above the toilet. Mm -hmm. And so I got so sick. Yeah. with mold poisoning. And luckily we were able to vacate that place within a week. And so I didn't have tons of, yeah. I mean, I don't know how long it was growing like that, but, but that was another introduction to living in a climate where the thing that you have to be the most careful of is water yeah. and the way that water moves through your buildings. The mm -hmm. second thing that we have to be very careful about as homeowners in the Northwest, especially is rats mm -hmm. and pests. And so um, those are things that nobody wants to look at. Nobody wants to think about because it's scary, yeah. but it's particularly in this climate, our challenges are moisture and rats. Mm -hmm. So when I started putting those things together, I started looking for solutions from a natural building perspective that would attack or protect you from those two things. Yeah. And that's how I found hempcrete or hemp lime. Mm -hmm. So that's where my natural building materials journey started was that I started when I was doing construction, I started doing research into alternative forms of building. And I found my friend Maddie Mead's um, TED talk, yeah. where he talks about his introduction to hemp and hemp lime and he now has gone on you know probably 10 years later to he has a manufacturing facility where they make wool insulate or hemp wool insulation yeah. which is actually hemp not wool um and so that was 
what kind of propelled me into learning about materials and material science and looking for like one-to-one -one replacements for the things that we build with. And mm -hmm. what I've learned at this point is that there is a healthy and natural alternative yeah. for every single piece that goes in your house. Sometimes those things are modern inventions that we think mm -hmm. we need. And there's yeah. actually like an ancient solution. Yeah. So I'm thinking about like when you build a natural home, you would not want to introduce like a silicone caulk to your windows okay. because that's not what I, what is called a permeable right. membrane. It's a, it's a synthetic, mm -hmm. right? It's, you know, think about silicone and it's water can't penetrate it. Mm -hmm. It's completely impenetrable right. from water. That is not what you want in a natural mm -hmm. building. Yeah, I've seen a lot of silicone get moldy. Yeah. It does. It gets moldy around your sink or whatever because it's not permeable, right? Yeah. I mean, so yeah. Much, so much to talk about. Sorry. So much. No, so much. Like, whoa, because um, most people build homes or they renovate or like you need new insulation and you just go to a construction site and you think, or a construction company. And it is what it is, right? Yeah. And so we're here because if you want to have a non-toxic house, a healthy family, you're providing the one-to-one -one solution. Like, whoa, there's hempcrete insulation. Like everybody well, that's out there. Whoa. Yeah. And there's you know? actually a lot of insulation choices. And yeah. what they want you to believe from the construction industry's perspective, and they, it's really, it goes back to the chemical, chemical mm. industry. Yeah. The petroleum industry is responsible for like the way that we've built for the last hundred years, mm -hmm. all of our, and that's what people don't know. So like stepping back a little bit, um, you know, up until a certain point, we before we were relying on this specific way of building, yeah. which if you go in as a young person saying, I want to learn construction, you're going to be taught a very rote way of building. It's like, this is the formula. These are the products. Mm -hmm. We buy them at the hardware store, the big box store. Uh -huh. And so when you're trying to educate yourself on this, it does feel overwhelming because you're having to unlearn all of those things and then you're having to research your own solutions, mm -hmm. right? Or yep. you can hire a consultant or you can look to people that that's their job. But I think that I do see a shift in, in the collective conscious and the public knowledge right now, luckily, where especially in other countries, people are starting to wake up to this reality yep. that it's not enough to just think about your body as a healthy organism. We need to be thinking about our planet as an organism. And part of that organism is where we spend 99% of our time, which is in the built environment, mm -hmm. either our homes or our workplaces. Yeah. And we, I mean, we all want to go home. We want a healthy, happy home. We want to be there. Like, I mean, we are I think ancestrally designed to just like want a safe space where we all feel safe. Mm. And if you have a moldy wall or, you know, bad. And I mean, I think that's so great that you actually brought that up because I really do want to kind of talk about the history there. Like when this toxic sort of building material came about and started like building in homes because and let's talk about the ancestral part because ancestrally, I think buildings were made really well. Like I lived, you know, in like a really old 1800 building in Australia and it was 
really well made. And I thought, oh, it's so old, like so gross. But it was cool in the winter because it was made with natural materials and it was warm in the, I mean, cool in the summer and warm warm in the the winter. winter. And it just felt like so always so fresh you know Mm. and it was like breathing but it was just so well it was so well made but I mean of course I had that mentality just like you're talking about like oh but I want it to look nice and I want it to look new and I think a lot of people get stuck in that newness and new fast cheap and then it's toxic Mm. Well, fast and cheap is definitely why people make the decisions that they do. Mm -hmm. It is the number one question that I get asked is how much more expensive is it going to be to do it what I would consider like the right way. Yeah. And we can talk about costs a little later because what I don't want to forget to talk about is what word you just said, which is breathing. Mm -hmm. So one thing that we never have been taught, I don't think, is that buildings do breathe Mm -hmm. and they should breathe. And when, and it is exactly like our skin. Mm-hmm. So when we go out into the elements, we put on a, like a rain slicker of some kind, or uh, we use an umbrella or, you know, we do something to protect our outer layer. Yeah. So that's a good thing. You want to have like in your buildings, you want to have deep eaves to protect you from the rain. You want to have like, you want to, you don't want to get wet. Yeah. Humans don't want to get wet. Neither do buildings. Yeah. And yeah. then your walls it's the same thing. You want to have a breathable wall system. Mm -hmm. And so permeable, breathable, I will use those words probably a little interchangeably, but basically what that means is that your walls have the ability to control how moisture is retained and released. Mm -hmm. So they are breathing and that's a good thing. So when you see rot, it's because that that water didn't have anywhere to go. Mm-hmm. So a perfect example of that is like in this building, this building we're sitting in, this building was built in the 1890s. Mm-hmm. And sometime around when the plastics industry was starting to rise, mm-hmm. right? That's when natural materials started going out in the construction world. So when the, because we've all been sold the idea that plastic coatings are more long lasting mm-hmm. and that plastic coatings are going to be more hygienic, but that's actually backfired in a mm-hmm. lot of cases. So now when I go look at houses that were, that are older, yeah. once you put that plastic coating, whether it's paint or those sealants I was talking about, any yeah. kind of varnish, anything that's going to keep water from moving in and out of the breathable wall system, mm-hmm. that's when you find rot. So like all of our windows in this building mm-hmm. were replaced with um, vinyl plastic windows at some point. And I would say probably within the last 40 years, right? Wow, yeah. And so at this point, all the windows in this building and the siding and trim around them needs to be replaced wow, because yeah. they have completely rotted out. So if you go around these windows, you can poke holes and see the dry rot because that is not a good combination of things, right? Plastic with wood Mm -hmm. and plastic with insulation. And then you get these moments where it becomes a weakness and then water damage comes in. And then the new solution would be to just every 10 years, they want you to replace things in Mm -hmm. construction right now. They want you to be replacing your windows and your roof and your flooring and your walls and your drive every 10 years. Yeah. 
so it's kind of like an ongoing process so actually it's kind of a loop is what you're telling yeah. me is like they want to keep you buying yeah and so you're seeing that older material that breeze and actually had this flawless design basically yeah. and so you didn't really have to replace it until I don't know what 20 years 30 years instead of every 10 years well or... I can hear the critics so I'm yeah. going to just address something which is that they weren't flawlessly designed they were okay. usually if they were well designed and built correctly they would have been what we would call a much more non-toxic environment oh, okay. but the piece that we haven't touched on yet is energy loss and energy mm. retention mm -hmm. so because we deal because we're in a time of climate catastrophe potentially and like climate yeah urgency is I guess how I would call it um energy loss and energy production and use is something you have to address if you're in the built environments right. like sector at all if you're yeah. a builder an architect of any kind like I don't think you would be a responsible architect or builder or designer if you're not addressing energy as well and so that's what I mean when I say it's like a science yeah. that nobody teaches you right because it's not enough to just build something really beautiful yeah you also have to keep it well insulated and you have to, you know, you have to provide energy somehow. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people go with solar. Um, some mm -hmm. people, you know, do completely off grid, which is amazing where they're like mm -hmm. creating their own energy or they're like, basically energy yeah. is something that, you know, I do think you have to address. And so old homes were not as well insulated. Yeah, They were not as airtight. And so- yeah, see, I said that word and then immediately I'm like, my brain is. Mm, yeah, you don't want it airtight. Yeah. You don't want it airtight. Yeah. But you don't want any holes in your in your shell. Yeah. Because holes are how rats get in. Right. Holes are how moisture get in. So you do want your building envelope to be tight. But you want it to breathe. But you want your wall systems to breathe. Yeah. Do you see okay. the difference? Yes. Yes. Don't want holes in your in your house. Mm -hmm. You want insulation that is breeze. breathable yeah yeah and wall systems that are breathable uh -huh. because if you if you sandwich natural insulation in between synthetic wall mm -hmm. systems that also leads to rot yeah yeah I mean it, it all makes so much sense it's like you know um it's just like that raincoat analogy that you were talking about like we buy non-toxic raincoats coated with like this non-toxic plastic now because we want them to breathe a little bit. Mm. You don't actually want to be sealed in completely by chemicals because then your body is also just absorbing those chemicals, right? It's just like bouncing off the chemicals into your body. Have you thought about like spray sunscreen in that same way? Because yeah. I got a heat rash so bad on my honeymoon because we used spray sunscreen and then there's nowhere for the sweat to go because mm -hmm. you've sealed all your pores up. Yeah. And so then you get this mad heat rash where your entire body is covered in hives because your sweat couldn't get out. Yeah. I mean, it's a great analogy because it's just like antiperspirants <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. They give you cancer and they make you sick yeah. because you're trapping a natural process. So it's who sold yeah. us that the chemical companies did? They sold us yeah. that idea that we needed to like do it a different way than we'd always been right. doing it. Right. Instead of dealing with like 
you know, your bacteria and working with what's natural yeah. to your body, you're like, uh-huh. you're like stripping it down and then covering it up and then adding in all this stuff. And that's what we do to homes. Yeah. So I mean, it's a perfect analogy and it's a great way for people to be able to look at it is how do I treat my body? How do I want to treat my body? So how do I want to treat my home? And I think that's just like, you know, mind blowing. And as well, like on the show, a lot, we do talk about like the ancestral ways of doing things. And you mentioned that. And so we're going to talk, I'd really like to talk now about the ancestral or the older solutions, taking that into account, because I also wanted to mention on the energy thing. I I mean, this old house that I used to live in, I mean, uh, now I'm like, wow, I should have just lived there forever because it's the best design ever. Um, you know, it was really energy efficient. There was, I mean, like in Australia, there's not really aircon because yeah. they like to build houses like this because air conditioning is extremely inefficient energy wise. Yeah. And so when you seal up the house and you constantly have to run air conditioning, or could you just have a natural breeze in a house that keeps your, I mean, while totally. like, you know, your house cool. Well, so things like thing like so there's this woman that I want to mention on the podcast because she's an icon. Her name is Sigi Coco, uh-huh. S-I-G-I-K-O-K-O. Okay. Um, and she is a true natural builder and she designs houses and mm-hmm. she has these principles for designing a home that are ancestral and natural and make total sense. Mm-hmm. And when you read them, you're like, yeah, that I get it. Mm-hmm. I already know that within me. And what I think one of the principles that helps a lot with those things is like building directionally so that not only do you have those cross breezes, but you're taking in solar passive heat in the winter mm. and then you're keeping it shaded in the summer. Yeah. Like those things, you know, there, there are experts, people that design and build naturally with, with those things in mind. Yeah. The wow. problem, I know. Because like, whoa, why are we beating our heads trying to work against nature when we could work with it? Mm, because then who's making money? On so many levels. Well, I mean, I, making money? but I'm just saying for everybody out there that, whoa, if you're going to build a home, step back. Totally. Look where it is in nature. Look where you uh, could I envy, utilize. I do envy the people that are at that stage of their life where they get yeah. to build a house. And I guess that's what we're all here to do is like share our own experience. But, um, you know, if, if you are lucky enough to get to build your own home, the options for combining yeah. like new technologies with ancient knowledge, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the sweet spot to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I am a sucker for historic preservation. I just love it. I just eat it up. And we can talk about some of those historic products that are on the market now that are actually, um, I'm talking about, about. okay. So one of the things that I found out about through my kind of journey of material health knowledge was that paint is a huge opportunity for making a better choice. Mm. So if you don't do anything else except get better paint, 
you're already doing a lot better than you could. Wow, that's so, awesome. Because that's totally doable. It is. Totally, and it's, yeah. and it's doable if you're a renter mm-hmm. and it's doable if you're if you're building your own house and it's doable if you're renovating somebody else's house that they built before you and you get to be the steward now. Yeah. Like, or you just built your house and you're like, oh no. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So paint is uh, one of my favorite things to talk about. And because it is empowering for people and it's a good gateway into the natural building world in a way that people go, oh, we can use these more ancient based recipes in a mm-hmm. more traditional built home. Like that's a really good empowering feeling. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned that we have a lime wash on our walls mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the companies I'd love to just direct yeah. people to, because this is literally the easiest thing that you can do to just start yeah. is you can go to Amazon or you can go to their website, but there's a company in California called Vasari and they are an American-based company. They mm-hmm. make everything in-house in California mm-hmm. and then they ship it to you in America. And it is I would say comparable to other paint companies in price yeah. and speed. I mean, you can order it on Monday and you'll get it with like Amazon five day shipping. Cool. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. And they will match paint colors for you. Yeah. So you can it's tell so them you cool. want a custom color and you don't, the sky's the limit. Yeah. Your interior designer has no reason not to use it. Yeah. And if they need to know how to use it, they can go on the Vasari website and watch tutorials. Wow. Like it's so user-friendly. So is it a, it's a, it's a lime-based paint? Yes. Is what it's it is. A, okay. So there's, um, there are mineral paints. Okay. And there are not mineral paints. Okay. There are acrylic-based paints, which are also called like latex mm-hmm. paints. Yeah. Um, it's what you get when you go to the hardware store yeah. and you're buying any of those big name brands. Mm, I don't the, care if with it a says list of BOC, call. Yeah. non-BOC, zero mm-hmm. BOC, doesn't even matter. Just ignore yeah. it all and don't buy paint that's plastic yeah. because one, there, there are lots of things that are banned in Europe that are not banned mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Two, it is extremely difficult to get the safety data sheets for a lot of these products. Yes. Absolutely. Three, who have you time or understanding to even read those and say, I don't know what that is, yeah. but I yeah. really don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of it. And once I look it up, I still, all I see is chemical, chemical, that's just yeah. another chemical. So a lot of paints have just crazy additives mm-hmm. that are totally unnecessary. So it'll be like antifungal, anti-mold, yeah. blah, 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 yeah. blah. So I'm getting, I'm getting angry because this is what happens. Well, and I think that, I mean, you brought up a really good point because it's glittery, Mm -hmm. right? When it says no VOC and then you you already should be like, I mean, I definitely think like, I definitely think I've seen that on so many different products. And my husband, Mm -hmm. who's a total skeptic and who doesn't, who understands natural building now, but who is, who is very afraid of the word non-toxic because yeah. he doesn't think it's science-based, right. you know? Well, cause it can be thrown around. It oh, can totally. completely be thrown around. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I do believe that when you just walk into a naturally built building that your nervous system relaxes, does that need to be science-based? Yeah. No, that's experience. No, I already, <laughs> I already told Whitney, I wanted to move in here when I came <laughs> here because it just feels really good. And now I know you've got lime paint on the walls. And it's like literally the bare minimum and it's a good starting point. Like this is like the bare minimum. So 
Um, so back to the big box stores, because I think it's incredible that Vasari is being carried in on Amazon and Home Depot yeah. and things like that. Like that's yeah. a good step. Oh, it's step. being carried in Home Depot. I think it's on Home okay. Depot. It's definitely on Amazon, but I don't know if it's, I yeah. think it's on Home Depot or Lowe's, but there are other companies like, I mean, I could, I could talk about sourcing natural paints all day, but the most important thing to understand for the listeners would be that you, um, mineral rock beats plastic was something that the healthy materials lab that I'm, um, I, I took their course. I highly recommend it for anybody that's in the interested in this and wants to learn more. They have a very affordable program that you can So if you have a construction company or or have family members that are in construction or Or you're an architect or you're a designer or Uh you're um, wanting to just become more aware of something before you start your building project as a homeowner, a DIYer, like it's, I think it's $250 and they have like over 50 scientists and experts and it literally changed my life. It is the best program I could, I could recommend for anybody because what it does is it breaks down the science from reproductive health from I mean from any perspective so we know that like for example sperm count has been declining for the Mm -hmm. last like 60 years yeah now they have the research to show that a lot of that comes from our choices where we're doing things with vinyl and mm. anything that's luxury vinyl tile, yeah, vinyl, 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 shower curtains, everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of times it has things that are detrimental to our hormonal systems mm-hmm. and to reproductive health. And they off gas. Yeah, because they're off gassing. Yeah. Yep. And also the thing that I that I really get infuriated about when it comes to building materials and paint and um, you know, recently there was that yeah. train derailment mm-hmm. and there was all these chemicals spilled into the waterways, right? In America, yeah. in yeah. the East. And um, I think the the chemicals that spilled were part of, um, they were vinyl chloric acid, I think, something mm-hmm. vinyl. So they were probably going to be used in some sort of plastic something, yeah. right? And what really was the aha moment for me now that we're circling it back and I can remember this is that we live on an island Mm -hmm. in the Salish Sea Mm -hmm. where we have endangered orca whale populations and we Mm -hmm. have declining marine life populations Mm -hmm. and we have microplastics on the rise everywhere right Mm -hmm. so I had an aha moment when I was a construction worker and I had been painting a client's house right on the water and I'm washing my brush into the grass yeah yeah because what what do you do when you finish painting you wash your brush out Mm -hmm. you put it in a bucket of water and you stir it and then you dump that out and it all just goes right into into the the ocean all of it yep right into the water so microplastics are one of the I think one of the um I don't want to say anything too hard and scientific today because I don't want to be like called out if I'm wrong but but if you google like microplastics and acrylic or latex paint you'll see the connection which is that it's another area of our life where we've become needlessly dependent on plastics yeah and that's what you're putting on your walls so again sunscreen and yeah and a lot of people don't even think about that that there's plastic on your wall like if you're going to live a non-plastic life you know you don't want a plastic water bottle you don't want this because you know that yes, it takes a thousand years for the plastic to break down, but as well, 
it does break down. It changes constantly, breaking some elements of it down. Yeah. Okay. So if we don't use plastic wall paint, though, Whitney, so the mineral, I mean, the lime based paints. So say you do have a really toxic house and you're like, oh my gosh, I definitely have mold in here. I cannot mitigate this or I have really toxic fiberglass walls or is this kind of paint going to help seal seal that in? You never want to seal up mold. Okay. You never want to seal up mold. Mold is something that you have to get out because okay. otherwise it's just going to rot behind your eyes. Mm-hmm. So with renovation specifically, you always want to start with as clean and dry yeah. of a of a shell as you can. Mm-hmm. That well, being said, yeah. Sometimes you don't want to disturb it. Like mm-hmm. that's when abatement comes in. So if you can afford to get something abated because it has asbestos yeah. or something that you're just like, I don't know what that is. I want to get it tested. Obviously always get things tested before you rip into them, before you're breathing that in, yeah. before you're spreading the contamination, yeah. right? And and then sometimes you do seal it up, but that would not be for something like rot or mold related. Mm-hmm. That would be more for something chemically related. Or so, asbestos, but or asbestos. because I, I mean, because I know you, I also think about the people removing this stuff exactly. and like, who has to do this and like, what health consequences do they suffer later? And then where does it go? Yeah. I mean, that's a huge question. Of course I had for you as well. Um, but before we move on, I want to say like, okay, so say you were a renter, you're moving in with your family. You decided to choose this new city. You're like cool apartment. And they're like, yeah, we just repainted it all Mm. this gross white, you know, so that's definitely off gassing like in the present moment. So would this kind of paint be a possible solution for something like that? Yes. But I would all, I would honestly probably say even more a clay paint because mm-hmm. there are clay paints out there that are yeah. that you can roll on and paint on just like any old other paint. Um, and those are just as effective at controlling humidity and all of that. But then they also have added benefits where they start to mess with like positive and negative ions. Okay. And a lot of times clay will help regulate or block EMF mm. Great radiation yeah. as well. Yes. So clay is, okay. I have a, I have a few favorite materials or not materials because they come from the earth, but yeah. we use them as materials when we're building. Yeah. So my absolute favorite things are lime because lime is mold, like mold resistant, mold proof. I mean, cool. if you've cool. got, if yeah. you've got a renovation, you strip back all of the rot, you strip back all of the soft parts and you've got it structurally sound, but you still feel like you want to give it an extra like non-toxic facelift. You can lime wash it. That's mm-hmm. what people used to do. Yeah. They would lime wash their barns because that's where there was like animal poop oh, cool. and yeah. E. coli. Yeah. So that was one way of pre- preventing disease. Right. So if you've had ma- like mice and rats and pee and things mm. like that, instead of going with like a kills or something that is like- yeah fungal anti-fungal right you, you can, which washes into the ocean everybody yes exactly and where, where it's being made there could be a chemical yeah. spill and like how it's transported and well like, and it probably says not to use around kids or animals as well oh, absolutely so you're using does. lime something that's coming from the earth so 
so great to and know. it's affordable because yeah. you can buy it as the powder and then mix it with water and make yourself a yeah. lime slurry and then you just gave yourself an extra layer of protection against mold mm. and rot right and they like mold won't want to grow on it so even when you're painting your wall with just lime that's also preventing mold from yes. growing okay yes, because lime is it's from limestone it's from mm -hmm. a rock mm -hmm. and the way that they process it when you when you combine it with water and then put it on your wall or in your yeah. hempcrete brick or whatever, it actually calcifies. Okay. And that's when it gets hard mm -hmm. and it turns back into a rock. Cool. It's so cool. So cool. So that's a, that's like the calcium yeah. carbonate in limestone that's heated. Yeah. So there is an environmental impact to making lime. Mm -hmm. Let's just say that. There's an environmental impact to almost everything. Yeah. Except clay which okay. is why I'm obsessed with clay Okay. because clay can be dug on site yep. and then it can be turned into literally anything. Mm -hmm. It can be a plaster. It can be a floor. It yeah. can be, it can be your actual house. If you build with yeah. it, it can be your cob. So like they recommend a mineral primer because you don't want any colors like showing yeah. through and aging over time. But you know, what's also cool about lime that I was just thinking about is that there's another thing we haven't talked about in natural building, which is the carbon offset or carbon okay. impact of a building. Yes. And there's people that specialize just in that also. Yeah. Yeah. But basically the idea is that you can either sequester carbon through your choices or cool. your choices can produce more, more carbon, carbon in the atmosphere. Yeah. Oh. And so hempcrete, the reason I'm obsessed with hempcrete is because it's a carbon sequestering material, mm -hmm. meaning that you're actually getting carbon out of the atmosphere through the growing of yeah. the hemp, which is also cleaning the soil. Right. Amazing. Every step and of the way, holistic building, essentially, yes. Oxygenating this, the environment too. Yes. And you can use the plant for all these different things, which is amazing. And then once you actually mix the woody core of that hemp plant with the lime and then a clay binder, wow. then you're storing carbon in the building because as it calcifies, it's like taking carbon from the atmosphere and it's using that to solidify. Cool. So you're storing carbon in your building. Mm -hmm. So it's a carbon negative building material. Well, so you is, just like drastically, yeah, helps the environment. Yeah. I mean, to a point, and you have a breathable building and you... I mean, and you're building non-toxically. And I mean, this is if you're building at home. We're talking about Well, building. you can retrofit with hempcrete as well. Yeah, okay. And 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 the reason I like hempcrete so much because there are other people out there like Chris Magwood and people that are like, hempcrete is great, but there's all these other natural yeah. building systems yeah. that have been around a lot longer and maybe aren't as right. prohibitively expensive, right. which all that's changing as more people start to grow hemp and then right. have manufacturing facilities. Anyway, I know that we're getting a little more deep into the like material choices. And I think it's more important mm -hmm. maybe for our listeners to focus on like what they can do in their own homes. And so I would say that if you're interested in hempcrete, as yeah. you should be, because it's freaking amazing, like a miracle. <laughs> it's like her passion. Yeah, it's my passion. But, um, <laughs> then we could, then I would direct you in the show notes to some other. Yes, please do. Like if people are interested, like where you would look for that, yeah. because I mean, people that listen to this are like, we talked about paint and we talked about building materials, but we didn't talk about 
all these other areas of your home that are just as impactful, like your floors yeah. and your insulation. Mm -hmm. And so this is like just to open the conversation, I guess, and it's an ongoing education for everyone, but, you know, don't be afraid to have conversations with your contractor and your yeah. architect and your builder, you know, just don't be afraid to question the status quo when it comes to building yeah. because these things are now being permitted in this country. Like these choices are becoming more accepted yeah. from a legal perspective so that it's not like just your earth-based building from the 60s mm -hmm. where everything was just mud and straw, which is yeah. great. And yeah. I, I know a lot about that. And I love that yeah. type of vernacular architecture. Yeah. But when you're looking at something that's already existing and you're just trying to like make it less toxic, mm. just looking at your surfaces is the best thing that you can do. Like good looking at your wall surfaces, looking at your floor, mm. looking and then taking it and being like, okay, if this is my home, and I own this home, then looking under that layer too. Yeah. And what's under that layer? And and do I need to replace it because I'm already doing renovations? And if so, yeah. what can I put in that's yeah. non-toxic? Right. So for people that don't own their home and they're on a limited budget, yeah. they um would you focus on the bedroom? Like focus on the surfaces in the bedroom and then suggest to someone like your kid's bedroom, your bedroom, Absolutely. and then start moving as maybe, you know, you potentially could save up money or whatever. I would think about areas. the places where your body comes in contact with the materials. Okay. So if you paint all your walls in clay paint and lime paint, that's a great start. Then you look at your flooring and you say, is this something that my landlord yeah. might replace with a non-toxic? Yeah. Know? And if not, then you just, you know, keep your house clean yeah. because everything is creating dust. Mm -hmm. So keep your house clean and also look at your kitchen because yeah. your surfaces, you know, things that you come in contact every day, like cabinets, mm -hmm. like. And a lot of are still made with vinyl, vinyl um, countertops. The only other thing that I have to say, because yeah. I know we're running out of time, is just furniture. Like, yeah. you know, that's not my job as a material health specialist necessarily if I'm just dealing with buildings, yeah. but I'm not, I'm also an interior designer. And so when you're looking at a home holistically, like, yeah. are you bringing in antique furniture that actually has wool cushions and real yeah. velvet that's cotton based, or are you bringing in yeah. vinyl through your fabric choices and your foam choices? And that gets into that mattress yeah. bedding pillow conversation we had many years ago right yeah. like yeah so obviously they say like spend money where you like hit the ground your yeah. feet and your head hit the ground your and you cozy up in that chair yeah. every day and read or listen yeah. or whatever you do I mean that's also a really good point is because um you know vintage stuff is like really well made and it has a whole new level of interior design and I'm glad that it's gotten a lot of movement yes. lately um but that makes a really good point like the plastics in our furniture that we buy and all that stuff and particle board just avoid yeah. particle board if you can it's mm -hmm. one of the worst off gassers it doesn't last it doesn't hold up to moisture you're yeah. gonna throw it away in 10 years because it's gonna start bubbling yeah but I mean it's sad and it's scary I think for some people to recognize but literally every single thing in your building has either toxicity or neutral 
Yeah. And sometimes if you're lucky, it enhances your environment. It makes it cleaner, you know? Um, but obviously just this opens the conversation for people. Hopefully it plants some seeds and then just seeking out like the healthy materials lab and other places that we can link in the show notes so that people can continue it for what's relevant for their build or their rental or their renovation. When people come to me as a consultant, I always start with what is the need, mm-hmm. right? Because that's that's the only way you can do it. Mm-hmm. Because what I'm going to spew out all of this knowledge times a hundred thousand more things that I could tell someone to think about yeah. in their building. Like, no, it's like you have to just start with like what is my need and uh-huh. what is possible, and then I say what's out there. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, those are two good questions for people to leave them with that answer, and also to make good choices on what you purchase, you know, like IKEA furniture, there's a lot of particle board in that stuff. And if you buy it, you throw it away in a couple of years, also think, where does it go? It's just sitting in the landfill and those chemicals are releasing, right? So you have to figure out how to dispose of these things as well. So why not just make good choices to begin with? Like what's possible? What can I do? Can I wait and just get a better chair? Or can I learn to buy things at a thrift store from these, with these contextual pointers, like solid wood, Mm -hmm. you know, not, no flame retardants, huge one, huge one, huge one, no foam, which I think it's great because you know, a lot of building material has flame retardants in it. So, but that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother show. But it's just really, we're here to spark that, like, whoa, how much are they actually putting in our material? Do you know why people in Australia are such fans of hempcrete besides the fact that they're just like on it and they get it? Yeah. And all their houses are done that. Fireproof. Yeah. It's legitimately fireproof. So people's houses like that in Australia, California, that's Mm -hmm. where it's catching on because what is their need? Mm -hmm. Their need is to prevent their homes from being destroyed in forest wildfires. Oh, cool. So, cool. Thanks for having so, yes. me. Yes. Thank you. Thank and you so much. Any for... questions, feel free to reach out. I'm available. Yes. And, and I love talking about this stuff, obviously. So. Yeah. And she is, she's a great resource to have. So we're going to post her show in the show notes and as well. I think she has an email in there. So you could contact Whitney, Whitney herself and ask her a question. So cool. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Whitney's episode was really great and it laid out a lot of stuff for us. I mean, especially even if this is your first time exploring non-toxic living, non-toxic building, or non-toxic renovation, even if you haven't explored it and now you're looking around your home, her solutions were so obtainable. Paint being number one, if that's all you can do. It was just a great, great insightful episode on the paints that you can choose and things that you can start doing to make your house non-toxic so you can have a healthy home that is healthy for you as a person that lives in it. She also brought in some great innovative solutions talking about hempcre and also really pointing out maybe solutions when choosing to buy certain building material, what we're looking at and how the plastics and choices that we make far expand beyond just our health. So taking it from home to our individual health to the overall 
environmental health of our world. She was truly a gem to have on the show, and she's a great green building consultant. And if you have any questions for Whitney, please go ahead and email her. Everything you need to know is in the show notes if you want to explore more about green building and looking towards your health.